Welcome to Community Hope Podcast. We pray that the Word of Christ would dwell in you richly as you listen and that you would be encouraged in Christ. So here's Ash Wednesday, and thank Abby for the great slides. Martin Luther said, Our Lord and Master Jesus Christ willed that the entire life of a believer is to be one of repentance. Now, that can sound kind of like morbid, isn't it, right? Because if, if repentance is just like your face to the ground, right? And yet, I think repentance, when it's fully worked, leads to joy. I think repentance fully works leads to joy. So what is repentance, right? I mean, what comes to your mind when you hear the word repentance? One time I was in England, and I stood in John Wesley's pulpit and put my finger out and yelled, repent, right? Is that what comes to your mind? You know, somebody standing up, pointing the finger at you. Um, uh, what, what comes to your mind? The Greek word is metanoia, and it literally means change of mind, change of mind. You know, um, a, a transformation of your mind. Now, I like, um, I like what Tim Keller said because I think the change of mind and change of heart need to go together for a true repentance. Imagine two thoughts sitting on your intellect. One thought, this sin will feel good if I do it, and this sin will displease God if I do it. Both are facts in the mind, uh, and you believe both are true, right? You got that? This sin, it will feel good, and this sin will displease God. Uh, Both are facts, both are true, but which one will control your heart? The one that possesses the imagination will control the mind, will, and emotions. All three will be captured at once. Isn't that it? It's the one that you go, oh, if I have that, that's going to be wonderful, right? This is going to rescue me. This is going to satisfy. And it's either Jesus or it's something else, right? So repentance is getting our loves and heart and everything in line with the gospel and with Jesus as opposed to other things. So I want to come at it with just two parables, and this is not going to be a long message, but two parables that will help us understand repentance better. And the first is this. Jesus told a parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Now, I know there's never been church people who have done this, but back in Jesus' day, there were people who felt better than others. They, felt, they, they looked down on others because they were righteous and the other people weren't. They were ex-smokers. No, I'm sorry. You know what I'm talking about. Ex-smokers are so hard on smokers. And you're like, but that was you. Okay. Uh, two men went up into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, thank you that I am not like other men extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I get. Who's he praying to, by the way? (laughs) Right? But the tax collector standing far off and would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, and he beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So here's the question. What's the difference between the one guy and the other? Anybody want to guess? One's boasting and one's Come on. Yes, that's right. Humility, right? 
the, 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 the tax collector's got his face to the ground. I can't even lift my face to the temple. And the other guy, he's already saved himself seven times over, and he looks around, and he feels better than everybody else. Repentance, I believe the beginning of repentance is humility, right? The beginning of repentance is humility. What's the first step in AA? I'm powerless, right? Yeah, I'm powerless, right? I be, I, yeah, I, I, I have a problem, but I, I'm powerless over alcohol. It, it, this is truly a step of humility, a step of humility. I am powerless, and Jesus knows it. Why did he go, if you don't abide in the vine, you got no power, right? Without, without me, I'm powerless over it. And, and joy can't be faked. Joy is an authentic experience that comes from humility. You know, sometimes we um, are thinking about ourselves so much, or we get pride over maybe how intelligent we are, or how, you know, in, in shape we are, or fit we are, or whatever. But have you ever thought about this? Did, your, did you create your intelligence? No, it, that was a gift from God. You know, your, your looks are a gift. You like, like he, so much of our lives that we boast about. Did you, did you pick the color of your hair? Some ladies you did, sorry. But, <laughs> but you were born with a certain color. You know what I mean? Like, like we, many times, and when you start going, oh God, so much of life I just accept as a gift from you. Humility is the beginning of thinking of yourself less. And repentance begins with humility. We can't connect with Jesus without humility. And the next step I see in another parable is no bargaining. No bargaining. Have you ever said, God, I'll never do that again? You're like, liars. Okay. So the prodigal sons, but I'm only talking about one of the sons, but prodigal sons, you know the story. You have these two sons. One says, Dad, I wish you were dead. Give me my share of the inheritance. His dad crazily sells stuff, gives it to him. Then he squanders his wealth on ravenous living, right? And all of a sudden, there's a famine in the land. He doesn't have any money. He gets a job feeding pigs. And it says, while he was feeding the pigs, he longed to eat the pig food, that was given him. So he's down. He's hit rock bottom. And then it says, but he came to himself and he said, how many of my father's servants have more than enough bread, but I'm dying here in hunger. I know what I'll do. I'll arise. I'll go to my father and I'll say, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired servants. Now, many times we define repentance as turning around. So dirty guy who wants to eat pig food, right? But the son turns around, leaves the far land, and heads home. And many people will say, oh, this is repentance. When he got this thought and he started heading home, he changed directions. But I don't think so. Because he wants to negotiate with his dad. He wants to pay him back. I'm no longer worthy. Treat me, I'll I'll buy my way back, Dad. But when he's still a long way off, he came to his, his, I'm sorry. But he arose, he came to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion on him, ran, embraced him, and kissed him. So the kid's coming home, Dad sees him afar, runs, lifts up his robe, runs, kisses him. 
Valentine's Day. And uh, the son says to the father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you and am no longer worthy to be called your son. Did you notice he cut his script short? Where's the make me one of your hired hands? There's, he's not bargaining anymore. There's no, there's no bargaining in repentance. There's no making promises that you can't keep. There's no, it's God, I'm sorry. No, making no promises, just saying, God, I'm sorry. Heavenly Father, I'm sorry. This is true repentance. When he came home, no bargaining, no deals, no promise making. God knows he's the only promise keeper, right? We are, you read the scriptures, Old Testament into the New, show me how many fully righteous people you have in there, right? Right, no bargaining, right? Now, now, if you're with me, you're like, well, wait a minute, what about sorrow, right? So repentance is humility, no bargaining with God, just done. What about sorrow? Where does sorrow come in? Do you have to cry tears? Well, it's interesting because the scriptures say this, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regrets, but worldly sorrow brings death. So there's two kinds of sorrow it's okay to have sorrow and to weep and to cry and say, I'm sorry. But if your sorrow leads to um, self-hatred, if your sorrow makes you like want to punch yourself in the face and you get up from it, self-hatred has never led to good change, right? If you know, C.S. Lewis said this, he goes, even of his sins, God does not want him to think too much once he's repented, the sooner the man turns his attention outward, the better God is pleased, right? God does not want you to wallow in self-hatred and self-contempt. What is the fruit of that? Attention on yourself, a small mind, a small heart. I believe that weeping tarries through the night. There's a season for sorrow, but joy comes in the morning. And so part of repentance, if you've done something wrong, it's okay to cry, it's okay to feel sorrow, but don't let it lead you into hating yourself. Don't let it lead you into self-contempt. It is not of God, it's of the devil. And, it's, and the preoccupation with self is sickening. It won't make you a fun person to be around. You know, the, the Bible said, if you read Psalm 51, when David sinned with Bathsheba and murdered her husband and all this stuff. He says, repentance should lead to joy. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. If repentance isn't leading us to joy, there's something wrong, right? If I'm sorry doesn't lead to joy, there's got to be something wrong, right? So humility, no borrowing, no self-hatred, right? And it needs to lead us to joy. Look what happened here. The father hugs him and says, bring quickly the best robe. Put it on him. The guy didn't even take a bath yet. You know, put a ring on his hand, put shoes on his feet, bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate this son of mine was dead and is alive, was lost and is found. This, you, you turn to Jesus and he's like, I wash you, I forgive you, 
Find joy in my love. Find joy in me. Find not like, like this should, should spill over. God celebrates. He loves you. He sent his son to, to die for you. He's like, let's begin to celebrate. If your repentance doesn't lead you to joy, there's something wrong with your repentance, right? The joy, there's strength in joy. It's, we need to repent. We need to look at our sin. We need to get up in the morning and you look in the mirror and you go, what happened to my face, right? And what happened to my hair, right? Part of repentance is, is looking at the law, looking at scripture and going, Lord, that's not lining up and I'm sorry. And that way I was living or that thing that I did, that put you on the cross and you died for that. And I'm sorry for that. And I feel sorrow because it hurts my relationship with you. But don't stay there. Move on into joy. Move on into radical joy in the love of God. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you that we are your sheep. I just pray that that during this season of Lent, we could repent, but that there would be much joy in repentance, that there would be a washing and a knowledge of your grace and your forgiveness and a love and a, a coming home over and over and over again, that we'd feel your embrace, that we'd feel your love and the knowledge of you, <laughs> that your joy would be our strength. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Community of Hope, go to www.cohchurch.com. God bless you today.